Today is Sunday, September 8, 2019. On this date in 1974, U.S. President Gerald Ford announced his decision to grant his predecessor, Richard Nixon, a full, free, and absolute pardon for all crimes committed while in office ensuring that Nixon would not be prosecuted for his role in the Watergate scandal. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today we're covering President Ford's pardon of Richard Nixon. Before we unpack the ramifications of the pardon, let's go back to the morning of September 8th, 1974, just before 11 a.m. Carl Bernstein typed the last sentence and hit the return key, sending the carriage flying back to first position. Without waiting for the ink to dry, he snagged the freshly written article from his typewriter, grabbed his coffee mug with the other hand, and pushed away from his desk. The 30-year-old reporter wound his way through the expansive maze of desks and filing cabinets that made up the bullpen of the Washington Post. By the time he reached the desk of city editor Barry Sussman, he had finished proofreading. He deposited the pages on top of a stack of other completed articles and looked around. Only now did it strike Bernstein that the bullpen was oddly quiet. To be fair, it was a Sunday, but like Bernstein, many of the Post reporters had long since abandoned the antiquated notion of things like weekends. Only minutes earlier, the office had been abuzz with chatter, but now there was no one in sight. Rounding a column, Bernstein found his colleagues crowded around the small TV in the corner, as they often did whenever there was a game on. Bernstein hadn't paid much attention to sports for the past two years, but he thought he deserved a break. On the TV screen, President Gerald Ford sat behind his desk in the Oval Office, addressing the cameras. By the sound of things, he had already been speaking for several minutes. And by these presents do grant a full, free, and absolute pardon unto Richard Nixon for all offenses against the United States which he, Richard Nixon, has committed. For a long moment after the broadcast had ended, Bernstein continued to stare at the television screen. He was vaguely aware that his colleagues were watching him and wondered if his expression betrayed his rising blood pressure. But before any of his colleagues could speak, Bernstein turned and strode back to his desk. There was only one person he could talk to right now. The phone rang six times before Woodward finally answered. Bernstein's partner sounded as if he had just woken up. Did you see it? Bernstein asked. Woodward hadn't. He asked what Bernstein was talking about. The SOB pardoned the SOB. Woodward didn't ask Bernstein to clarify which SOBs he was referring to. There was no need. 
The reporters had spent the last two years covering the Watergate scandal for the Washington Post. They had been responsible for some of the biggest scoops early on when virtually every other newspaper was ignoring the story. It had all started on June 17, 1972, when five men were caught breaking into the offices of the Democratic National Committee with bugging equipment. By tracing checks deposited in the bank accounts of the burglars, Woodward and Bernstein discovered that the men had been paid through Nixon's own re-election committee. The break-in and ensuing scandal soon became known as Watergate, after the D.C. building complex that housed DNC headquarters. Nixon, of course, vociferously denied that any of his men had been involved. Even when Woodward and Bernstein discovered that Nixon's top aides had approved funds for the break-in, Nixon continued to deny that he'd had any knowledge of it. But nearly two years later, a Senate investigation and special prosecutor forced the president to release tapes of conversations recorded at the White House, revealing that he had been lying the whole time. Beginning within days of the Watergate break-in, Nixon had orchestrated a vast cover-up of the scandal. He had personally squashed an FBI investigation into the break-in and paid the Watergate burglars to stay silent about the White House's role. Facing certain impeachment, Nixon finally resigned on August 9, 1974, and Gerald Ford became the 38th President of the United States. That had been one month ago. Since Nixon's resignation, Bernstein had walked into the Post each morning, hoping to hear the news that the former president was being indicted. Now, that would never happen. After a moment of silence, Woodward asked Bernstein if he thought Ford and Nixon had made a deal. Maybe Nixon had only stepped aside because he expected a pardon. Bernstein thought Woodward was being naive. Of course there was a deal. This was the final, perfect corruption of Watergate. Dozens of Nixon's top aides and advisors were going to jail over the scandal. But the man behind it all would never be held accountable. Woodward reminded Bernstein that according to a 1915 Supreme Court decision, by accepting the pardon, Nixon was technically admitting guilt. Sure, said Bernstein, technically, but it wouldn't stop him from denying any responsibility for the cover-up, just as he had all along. There wasn't much else to say. Woodward asked Bernstein to let him know if there were any more developments, and then hung up. For a moment, Bernstein sat staring at his typewriter. Since they'd started working together two years ago, talking to Woodward had helped Bernstein clarify his thoughts. But now, he wasn't sure how he felt. He was still angry, to be sure, but he also felt somehow lighter. Barry Sussman poked his head out of his office and shouted at Bernstein. The editor wanted to know if he had time to take on a developing story. Bernstein grabbed his jacket. Maybe Ford was right that it was time to move on. 
For the past two years, Watergate had hung over Bernstein like a cloud, coloring everything in his life. Maybe it was for the best that it was finally over. There would always be other stories to chase. Coming up, we'll discuss Ford's justifications for issuing the pardon and the political ramifications that followed. Now, back to the story. During his address to the nation on September 8th, President Ford explained his decision to pardon Nixon by saying he believed it was the only way for the nation to heal from the wounds of Watergate. He also said he believed that Nixon and his family had suffered enough. Whatever his intentions, the fallout from President Ford's decision to pardon Nixon was immediate and intense. His press secretary, biographer, and close friend Jerry Terhorst resigned in protest later that day. Within a week of issuing the pardon, his public approval rating had dropped from 71% to 49%. Many Americans saw the pardon as a statement that the President of the United States was above the law. Others suspected that there had been some kind of corrupt deal between Ford and Nixon. One month after issuing the pardon, Ford was called before the House Judiciary Committee to explain his decision. Responding to questions from Representative Elizabeth Holtzman, he stated, I was absolutely convinced then, as I am now, that if we had had an indictment, a trial, a conviction, and anything else that transpired after this, that the attention of the President, the Congress, and the American people would have been diverted from the problems that we have to solve. And that was the principal reason for my granting of the pardon. Despite his insistence he'd made his decision with the best interests of the country in mind, Ford grappled with a suspicious and hostile public for the remainder of his presidency. In 1976, when he lost his re-election bid to Democratic challenger Jimmy Carter, many political commentators cited the Nixon pardon as the moment Americans turned against the president. Washington Post reporters Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein were among those initially infuriated by the pardon. Several decades later, their opinions on the matter have changed considerably. In a 2011 interview on MSNBC's Morning Joe, Bernstein stated that he had come to see Ford's decision to pardon Nixon as the right thing to do and an act of courage. Today, many historians have come to a similar conclusion. In 1974, the United States was facing a flailing economy and was still mired in the Vietnam War as well as the Cold War with the Soviet Union. Americans were understandably exhausted from two years of Watergate. Without Ford's pardon, they likely would have faced at least three more years of a highly public and divisive investigation and no one could predict how the country would react to the conviction and imprisonment of a former president. In 2001, Ford was awarded the Profile in Courage Award by the John F. Kennedy Library. During the award ceremony, Senator Edward M. Kennedy said that, 
time has a way of clarifying past events, and now we see that President Ford was right. His courage and dedication to our country made it possible for us to begin the process of healing and put the tragedy of Watergate behind us. For more information on Watergate, check out the episodes of Conspiracy Theories, as well as the espionage episodes on Deep Throat, which all cover different aspects of the Watergate scandal. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find me hosting the ParCast Originals, Serial Killers, Cults, and Not Guilty, among other shows. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram, at ParCast, and Twitter, at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Mahler, Maggie Admire, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime is written by Andrew Kelleher. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 